ironoverload.io presents Iron Overload No Bullshit Podcast with your co-host Steve from the American Underground and Mobster from the UK Iron Den. Get ready for the UG info like you've never heard before. No bullshit, no lies, straight hardcore truth. A bodybuilding podcast like you never heard before. And here we go. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, ironoverload.io hardcore episode coming your way episode 66 today we're doing an updated version of talking about dianabol and this is to bulk and dianabol has a really rich history it's one of monsters favorites one of the most dummy proof oral steroids out there and we're going to talk about it we're going to tell you all about its history how to use it, and all that good stuff so first it was called Metandi Ennon, and it was first described in 55, synthesized by Siba Labs in Switzerland. They filed a U.S. patent in 57. They began marketing the drug as Dianabol in 58 in the United States. Initially, burn victims and the elderly were prescribed this hormone. And look, it was prescribed off-label as a pharmaceutical performance enhancement to weightlifters and other athletes as well. And uh, one of their early adopters, Oklahoma University, San Diego Chargers head coach Sid Gilman, those of you who follow football know who that is, one of the classic coaches, and he administered the evil to his team starting in the early 60s. And, you know, we suspect a lot of players on certain NFL teams also were using this stuff in the 60s and into the into the 70s, um, the Pittsburgh Steelers were the dominant team. Um, the Dolphins in their early 70s, but then the Pittsburgh Steelers in the mid to late 70s, they won four Super Bowls. And I believe a six-year span, Lobster. And one of the theories today, based on some of the players in those days and some of the players they went up against, were was they were using anabolic steroids and other teams were not. So that gave them a huge advantage. They were really able to dominate during that time. So in the Olympics, now the famous thing in the Olympics, I'll let Mobster kind of get into it about Dr. John Ziegler and how he introduced it to Olympic athletes. Right. So I've I've referred uh, previously in other podcasts to uh, Randy Roach's Muscle Smoke and Mirrors. And I've also got uh, Dr. John D. Fair's book, or Muscle Sound USA, which is specifically about York Barbell. So essentially what's happened, Steve, and I'll, I'll probably get the years wrong, but essentially what's happened is uh, Dr. John is, uh, Ziegler has gone over to America, uh, sorry, Russia, and watching the Russian athletes and kind of like says, what the hell's going on here? Because they just got that much better in a very short period of time. Now, of course, we know that experiments are taking place on both sides, uh, with regards to early forms of testosterone. In fact, Steve and I covered this in another podcast right the way back to the late 1800s, early 1900s, identification of testosterone and so on and so forth. So we know that the Russians were experimenting with forms of testosterone. So one of the mythological stories goes that, that Dr. Von Zygler, uh, uh and a Russian coach were drinking in a bar, such as these things go, Steve, and essentially says, What's the secret? What's the secret? And finds out that they're on some form of testosterone, comes back, talks to uh, CBA, which was a lab producing uh, steroids, 
as Steve referenced just now, 1957, but we're talking about circa 1960, and said to them, this is what's going on, and obviously waved the flag a little bit, Steve. We, we need the American athletes to be on the same level, and this is before, of course, steroids were a big deal in, in the Olympics, and essentially got home a hold of a, a big batch of early forms of Dynamo. And the story goes thus, that he was supposed to be trying to do it as a study, but it was a bit of, he was changing the training programs, changing their nutrition, trying to get them more structured. So the parameters were all over the place. And the initial dosages were stuff like five milligrams, literally one five milligram pill a day. And they still saw improvements. But this, of course, could have come from the training as well. Later on, and again, this is referring to Randy Roach's book, uh, the guys were uh, not only taking way more than five milligrams, stories of they would grab a small handful out of a bowl, one of this particular story. The other one was they they found a way to write the prescription at themselves, essentially on a pre-signed pad of prescriptions, and then was going to the pharmacies and getting the prescriptions filled themselves. They were also experimenting with recreational drugs. It was the 60s, guys. But it was definitely why York Bible specifically, and then later, of course, as Steve said, American football and other athletes were all trying to look for an edge, and especially when it comes to the Olympic Games, beating the Russians and so on and so forth. So it's the 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 the, the 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 box was open, Steve. The Pandora's box was open. They'd seen what made things happen, and then of course, as we also where we've talked about Iron Game history, we could even get into what we've described as the golden age of bodybuilding when we reference in Arnold and the rest of the gang and earlier athletes down at Muscle Beach in California and the conversations and the secrets and so on and so forth. So, for example, we've talked about Arnold reportedly, and I don't actually believe this, but reportedly the only reason he was beating other athletes, that's what they thought, of course, is that they was all using D-Bow, but they thought Arnold was using more D-Bow and more of other drugs that they managed to get hold of. So, yeah, I mean, the other thing is, and we've used, I've used this phrase on a podcast before, at some point it even got the euphemism of being called the Breakfast of Champions, and I think you can still buy a T-shirt with that on. There was uh, mock-ups of certain uh, cereal boxes with D-Bow as the logo instead of a very well-known brand of uh, cornflakes, and so on and so forth. And even phrases which pre-Viagra Steve used to call the little blue pill when it was that was the colour that he was produced in. So it, it's also, and I'll say historically, uh, and again with references on D-Bow podcast before, very much until probably the last 20 years or so, the steroid that everybody started with. You started with an oral, and if it was going to be oral, it was almost certainly, I would say 80, 90% of the time, 20, 30 years ago, Steve, your first steroid, your first dabble, your first toe in the water when it comes to using PDs was Dianabol. You know, guys have experimented with coffee and caffeine and even, again, 60s and 70s, various forms of speed, amphetamines, and so on and so forth. But in terms of anabolics, certainly 20, 30 years ago, you, you I know, it, this applies to me, Steve, uh, what am I talking about now? 22 years ago, my first steroid was D-Bowl. So, yeah, very much a, a, an athlete's easy to use, very difficult difficult to fuck up, really, certainly when it comes in comparison. And we're going to talk about dosages and cycling later to the stacks and multiple PEDs, etc. Uh, and, and, and honestly, it, I think you and I have used a phrase before, it's almost foul-safe in terms of, how you're going to respond, the way that you're going to feel on it, 
what's going to happen to your appetite, what's going to happen in the gym and so on and so forth. But yeah, we're talking about now, guys, when we do this podcast, a few younger listeners, we're talking about steroids sometimes from 100 years ago. And I've talked about how there are hundreds of steroids. Debo is still around. It still has exactly the same effect as we're going to talk about. And we're talking about a steroid that's been used as a PED, probably the, if not necessarily the first one, the, in terms of popularity, the steroid for uh, from back in 60 years ago, more than 60 years ago, Steve. So what do you think on that? Yeah, and during, so, you know, we'll get a little bit more in the history. I don't want to spend too much time on it, but back in um, the 70s, Arnold, he used to, what he would do, he would take, a, he would take Primo, which was something, a very, very dry steroid. And then he add in a handful of Dynabol along with the Primo. Why? Just to give it a little kick, a little energetic kick. In those days, they didn't use testosterone uh, to inject. Very, very risky. There wasn't any ways they haven't figured out yet how to block aromatization. So they would have to be flexible. And Dynabol does give you the flexibility. Although it does aromatize like crazy, it gives you the flexibility of being in and out of your system much quicker. It's got a very short half-life. Four or five hours. So really, this stuff is going to be in your system. If you take a Dianabol, it's going to be in your system 24 hours total. That's the total life. So obviously, when you take Dianabol, one of the tricks is you want to take it at least twice a day. I would go twice a day, maybe three times a day at the most. You don't need to take it more. But this way, it's in your system for the entire 24 hours and doing what we want anabolic steroids to do. Now, Dianabol, I would compare it. And this is the way they design it, exactly like taking oral testosterone. Now, we know oral testosterone. There is an oral testosterone, which is called andriol. But andriol is very weak. It doesn't do much in the body because they did not structure it and add a double carbon bond. And they they also did not make it 17-alpha alkylated. So that means that... It's not, it's not going to be effective in the body. It's going to not be able to enter the liver and pass into the body without being destroyed by the liver. So Dianabol, that's what they did when it came to testosterone. They switched, test, they, they, they manipulated the testosterone molecule to give it those two advantages. So it does go in your body and it actually aromatizes less than testosterone. But because it is so rapid in the body, you will notice rapid, rapid water water weight gain, and you'll uh, notice what will seem like rapid aromatization, which is happening because it's in and out of your body so quick, but it's still um, going to aromatize a little less than testosterone. So you can get away with not using an aromatize inhibitor when on Dianabol by itself if you're using a moderate amount. But if you start hiking the dose, you will need an aromatize inhibitor. That would be a good idea. And if you do stack it with testosterone, which I see a lot of people do foolishly, I might add, that you definitely need an aromatase inhibitor. Otherwise, you'll get that moon face and you'll turn into a bloated fish. So if you're going to stack it with testosterone, you do not want to use a lot of testosterone with it and or you don't want to use a lot of Dianabol with it. So start, you know, you you basically, when you're using Dianabol, like my officer said, the appetite, the mood, Everything yeah. is going to go up yeah. on it, just like it would on testosterone. You're going to notice that very quick androgenic uh, effect in the body. You'll notice it, it's like an aggression, but it's a happy aggression. 
you'll notice yes. rapid strength increase in the gym. You'll be it on it for like a week, and you'll yeah. be able to do, instead of doing six reps on the same amount of weight, you'll be able to do eight reps. It's pretty quick. I, I, Steve and I have talked about our experiences, Steve, and I think one of the things that I've described, and I'm going to very quickly talk I said literally I've taken uh, fake Debo and legit Debo in the same week and put on four pounds in four days with a legit Debo. And I think there's a thing when I talk about one of, one of the reasons I like it specifically and that androgenic effect of the water, funny enough, and it's very much described as a wet steroid for that particular reason, is that I will bulk up, certainly back in the past, very quickly. And it gave me, that bulk is going to give me better leverage for certain exercises, QED, the bench press, which I've mentioned before. And quite simply, that gives you a confidence. So less aggression, as Steve said, I don't go around going, I'm the big I am on Debo any more than fucking usual, Steve. But I certainly go, right, I'm, I'm going to put on this amount of weight. That's going to improve my exercises. That means a bench press, and it gives me that confidence. An extra half inch, quarter inch everywhere is going to give me the confidence to do certain exercises. It's not crazy on the strength, but it helps. Uh, certainly, guys, if you struggle with um, being ectomorphic, for example, or struggle with eating, struggle with adding weight, and so on and so forth, and you'd never use a steroid, how good are you going to feel, Steve, putting on 10 pounds in 10, 13, 14 days, certainly over the four to six week, eight week cycle? that's an inch all over an average person an inch all over that's going to make you feel something different and i think even steve's used the phrase before when we talked about deep bowl in the past the pumps are the kind of good pumps we've referred to anavar being as disabling and certainly very uncomfortable at times deep bowl pumps feel pleasant so it's definitely for a lot of people the experience and steve and i are talking from our own personal experience it's a feel-good steroid. Trent, for example, which I've used very briefly, Steve, it, it's, it just makes me feel like toxic, even at low dosages. I don't like how I feel. Uh, so whereas Debo, I like how I feel. So it's not – I don't use steroids, and I've said this specifically, Steve, to feel good. It's more what it does and how it affects my work in the gym. But – this is an added bonus for me, Steve, when I'm using this. Anavar's the same. I know I'm going to get stronger without getting bigger. So we have the experience of using, I haven't used every steroid there is, but multiple steroids nevertheless. And I know exactly how I'm going to feel, exactly the response I'm going to get. And that's from someone who has had quite a bit of experience now over the years versus you, perhaps the listener who's a newbie, never used PEDs, and you go, okay, what am I going to feel like on steroids? Well, that's D-Bowl. We can say you're going to have a great pump. Arguably, the water's going to add a half inch, quarter of an inch at least, even on the average user. Your appetite's going to go up. You're going to feel good. And you're, you're going to feel like something's extra happening that's never happened before. If your diet and your training on point, so much the better, Steve. So what's your experience with D-Bowl? Yeah, and it's the same thing, buddy. Um, one of the things, though, you know, we got to get into the negatives too, you know, when it comes to Dianable, because Dianable, this is a, this is serious business. These are serious hormones that we're putting in our body. So really there's two areas where Dianable um, causes issues. And yes, actually I'll do three. There's the androgenic side effects. There's the estrogenic side effects. And then there's the liver toxicity. So remember mm -hmm. how I said earlier, 17 alpha alkylated. Well, it does cause liver strain. So you want to make sure that you go into the cycle, you know, with good liver numbers. 
um, and you want to make sure you're getting blood worked on. Is your lever in bad shape already? Then using Dianabol or any yes. anabolic steroid, regardless, but especially Dianabol, which is 17 alpha alkali, is not a smart idea. Do you drink alcohol? You don't want to drink alcohol with Dianabol. Not a good idea. It will send your liver values sky high. So keep that in mind. So it's very important to live, use liver support when you're using Dianabol. But you want to take the liver support about 90 minutes away from when you dose the Dianabol or any oral steroid. Um, now, androgenic side effects, the blood pressure increases that. Now, that ties in. It's a domino effect of the other issues, the estrogenic side effects. And all that can kind of tie into each other and cause a domino effect. Um, you know, one of the things with Dynable, like you can really put on a lot of weight quickly. And when you do that, your yes. blood pressure goes up. It's going to cause insomnia. It's like carrying water all day. You might lose energy and feel fatigued because you're gaining too much weight. So it's important to manage that weight. Very, very important to keep aromatase inhibitors on hand. The Romacin, the Rimidex, even the Letro. And then I'd keep Nolvidex on hand in case you get gynecomastia issues. Now, gynecomastia is something that we don't want to get. Once you start getting gynecomastia, you've got to take action immediately. I would stop the Dynamo immediately. Once you start getting the itchy nipples, if you start noticing a lump, anything like that, which are the gynecomastia being the bitch tits, you want to stop it immediately. Um, there's going to be people out there which Dynable is just not the, the the smart choice for you. If you're extreme, yeah, I was just gonna, I was thinking about this thing just now. If you're overweight, if you're let's be crude, if you are fat, and you have any arguable symptoms of prepubescent or postpubescent gyno, uh, literally bitch tits. Uh, then Debo is not the choice you should be making. Uh, arguably also, Steve, there's another one, right? And I've seen this said about creatine, never mind Dynabol. If you're ripped, if you're lean, and if you like being ripped and lean, but you've decided to add weight, it can freak you the fuck out adding that water on. So, you know what I mean, Steve? There's a, there's a, head, there's a head fucking uh, fuck here for some people. Don't use... We're talking about Debo, we're saying how great it is, et cetera, et cetera, but equally... I say this all the time about all kinds of steroids and all kinds of cycles. You should be, especially now, Steve, this is not a question anymore of only being able to get hold of one steroid, in this case, Dynabol. There are multiple choices, and you should pick the one that suits your purpose, your target, your aim best. I'm just saying that Debol is works in a certain particular way, and it's the experience that a great many listeners that have used steroids would have almost certainly used first and had experience of first. And that doesn't mean necessarily now, guys, especially for those of you coming in and want to look a certain way, maybe you do Instagram and you're always lean and showing off your six-pack, et cetera, et cetera. Debo wouldn't be the one for you if you have any issues with being overweight. Debo, I, I certainly wouldn't recommend this for someone who's obese, Steve. So someone who's got man tits, man boobs, whatever. I certainly would not. I said, first, get yourself in shape. And this applies to all steroids again. And we'll talk about the nutrition a little bit here, Steve. You will get better from any PED if your nutrition and training are on point. Now, specifically, in the, the title today was Debo, Dynabol to bulk. Bulking, and I'll touch on this now, Steve, is specifically getting bigger. Uh, in modern terms, it tends to be more lean than the old form, which was half fat and half muscle. It's mostly muscle these days. 
you will always get better results from any stack if your nutrition is on point and if your training is specifically targeted and aimed at the idea of bulking type exercises, which is always going to be the big compound exercises and so on and so forth. So make sure that's got to go there. Dosaging, Steve. Um, I'll talk about what I've done and touch up on the pros as well. Right, so there's a bunch of arguments in terms of cycle length. I've done short cycles. But I've seen arguments saying you should only use oils for four weeks. That's bullshit. And Steve and I have actually touched on that in another podcast. I've done multiple oral cycles, D-Bowl included, for eight weeks. That seems to suit me. Um, dosaging, 30 milligrams a day. I, that's only 210 milligrams a week, barely TRT, Steve. And I've done incredibly well on that dosage a million times, loads and loads of times. 50 milligrams, I've pushed it to a few times. I didn't get much better results from 50 than I did from 30. So that's a nice low dose stack right there. I have heard of pro competitors, and this is part of a competition stack. Typically, this will be at the beginning because you won't want to be using a lot of an oral steroid at the end, specifically a wet one like Dynabolt, up to 100 milligrams a day for a pro competitor. That's where you will see this two to four-week cycles, but that would be part of a 16-week cycle approaching a competition. That's putting on muscle, getting big, getting strong, using that strength to add more muscle again, and then obviously tweaking the cycle as you go along to come into the day of the competition as big as the house and the grip to the bone. That's the ideal, of course, Steve. So what's what's your dosage and cycling select for suggestions? So with Dianable, look, back in the day, they would take like a, ha- a handful of it. You know, they would pop it in their mouth. That's what these guys have actually said. And um, so, I mean, we can surmise they were taking up to like 50, maybe even 60 milligrams a day. But I think a good, a good dose... If you're going to run it by itself, I don't think you need more than 20, 30 milligrams a day. And you get really good results on this stuff for, like you said, mops are up to eight weeks, four to eight weeks for using it as a lot of people like to use it in a kickstart. If you're doing a kickstart, you can do the same thing, 20 to 30 milligrams. I would start there. Um, Now, some guys want to go higher. They want to go to 50 milligrams. In that case, I would definitely add in aromasin to it, which is aromasin. which is an aromatase inhibitor, and that's going to block that estrogen conversion. Uh, but I really don't think you need that much on this on Dynabol. It's pretty dummy proof, and you get really, really good results on, on a lower dose when it comes to Dynabol. So stacking, if you're going to stack it with something else that aromatizes, you could run into trouble. Um, testosterone, for example. Let's say you really, you, let's say you just want to put on a ton of weight, mobster, you don't care. All right. You're like, yeah, fuck this. I'm sick of being skinny. I want to put on a ton of weight. Then shit, go on 500 milligrams of testosterone or sustenon or any type of testosterone blend and then throw in 20, 30, 40 milligrams of dynamo a day. And I guarantee you the scale will move up. But is it going to (laughs) be healthy? No, you're going to deal with side effects. I talked about earlier, a lot of estrogenic side effects. You're going to have the moon phase. You're going to be bloated. Your muscles are going to be fluffy. You're going to lose your vascularity, but you're going to get stronger and you're going to get bigger. But is that what you want? Then go for it. Just make sure you're keeping an AI on hand. Even if you don't want to use an AI, keep it on hand in case. Because if something goes wrong, you start developing gonochromatia, you want to get on that AI immediately and to get that estrogen knocked down. Um, So that's an option. But if you want to kind of 
you know, like you want to do more of the Arnold thing where you're stacking a, a a cutting steroid, a mild steroid with the Dynable. You can go the Primo plus D-Bowl route. That was very popular back in the day. Yes. So in that case, you go 500, 400 to 600. 500 is, is a sweet spot of, di of a Primo. Arnold liked to use 100 milligrams of Primo. Back in the day, they had the 100 milligram amps of Primo. So obviously it makes sense to just you know, pin 100 milligrams of the Primo every single day, even though it isn't an ethate ester. But today we have <clears throat> underground labs that are putting out Primo in 200 milligram a milliliter. So you can literally do two cc's of Primo once a week and just be done with it. You don't have to inject it every single day like Arnold had to back in the day. And then you can add in some Dynable to kind of give things a kick. Kickstarting really any cycle. A lot of people they'll do equipoise and testosterone or primo and testosterone, and then they'll use dynable to kickstart. Um, and then the dynable kickstart because it's in your system so fucking fast, and those other steroids take a while to build up in your system because they yeah. have longer, slow releasing esters. So a lot of people like to kickstart. I know mobster, you're not a big fan of kickstart, but a lot of people like to kickstart. And their number one choice is Dynable because Dynable, you'll feel the Dynable within days. You'll feel the effects, but you're not going to feel Primo within days. It's going to take a few weeks to really hit your stride with Primo. I would not stack Dynable with a harsher steroid. I wouldn't stack well, it with Anadrol, for example. No. I wouldn't stack it with Superdrol if we're talking orals. I wouldn't stack it with Trend if we're talking injectables. You're not going to get the effects you want because you stack in it with something that's extremely androgenic. Okay. The problem with that is you're going to end up dealing with some really toxic side effects because not only are you going to have a massive amount of estrogenic effects in the body, but now you're going to have a massive amount of androgenic effects. And remember, Dianabol is androgenic. Okay. Especially at PED dosages. Now, if you run out of five milligrams a day, it's not yeah. going to be very androgenic as a male. But if you run it at 20, 30, 40, 50 milligrams a day, it will be extremely androgenic. It would be the equivalent, mobster, of running. If you run 50 milligrams of Dynable, it will be the equivalent of running over 1,000 milligrams of testosterone a week. So keep that in mind. You're going to be dealing with a lot of roller coastering and a lot of domino effects of side effects. So there's no reason to go crazy uh, when it comes to stacking Dianable, really, you can just use it by itself or just use it in a kickstart to a cycle and you're good um, in that situation. But really, as long as the steroid you're stacking it with isn't extremely estrogenic, Ment would be another one. It's way too estrogenic. I would not stack Dianable with Ment. As long as it's not that or it's not too androgenic, you can definitely stack it. And a lot of people like to do it. And in fact, Mobster, of all the oral steroids out there, Dianabol, even to this day, is the number one selling oral steroid. And I believe the reason for that is because guys, number one, like to use it solo. They'll run it for yep. four or five weeks, get really good results, and and just and be and come off. So it's a good, it's a nice hit and run steroid. Hey, I want it in January. I want to focus on my on eating. I want to focus in the gym. I want to bulk up. Let me just hop on Dianabol. That's why people want to use it. It's an absolute great bulker mobster. So touch on that a bit. And yeah. we'll spend a minute each on uh, talking about diet and training on it. Yeah. So I'll give you an example, Steve. Buddy of mine just recently ran this a little bit. He should have done it better. We actually had a conversation about that. But he was he was posting stuff on Facebook going, I'm just cooking this food. I'm hungry all the time. And that was, of course, because he'd been in the gym harder. 
So creating the appetite and the Debo was adding to that for sure. Uh, something they didn't have back in the day, Steve, which, of course, we do have now is organ protectors, and we've we've had podcasts on those, of course. And as Steve said, they didn't know about the AIs, and, and these things weren't really readily available or, or indeed invented in a couple of cases until later on. So it was very much a hit and miss, see how you get on, see how you respond, talk to your buddy and have his experience and so on and so forth. Because you guys are listening to podcasts, and we have access to information like never before. As Steve talked about when... For some users, and I don't actually like this either as a sort of protocol, wait until you see you've got an issue with gyno or something like that, or the itchy nipples or whatever else. I've never liked that, Steve. I don't like the idea of fixing a problem after the problem started to occur. So I've always been happy to run an AI of any description, depending on the cycle that I'm doing, including Overdex, which is, of course, a CERN, not an AI, right from the very beginning of a stack. It doesn't bother me to, for want of a better phrase, and I think it's even an old wife's tale, losing a few percentage of my gains. I'd rather be safe and protected as best I possibly can, subject to PED use, of course, right from the beginning. Why why wait until I get gyno? Uh, yeah, I mean, the other thing I'll touch on, Steve, in terms of the training diet. Listen, this applies to, there's no point bulking up to immediately do a cycle of Debo or whatever, and then the moment you come off the cycle, lose all your gains. That never made any sense to me. It's the blast and cruise TRT road to nowhere, where you have to take PEDs just to maintain your gains. The truth of the matter is training, as I said, and nutrition better will give you better results. And post-cycle, let's say for argument's sake that I have in the past, because I have gained 10 pounds on a stack of 30 milligrams a day i will and certainly did then expect to keep 60 percent, about six pounds from the 10 pounds and part of the reason i do that is i have changed my diet if i was only eating three thousand calories before and during the stack or the cycle i was eating three and a half thousand calories then i need to eat somewhere in the middle there steve three thousand three hundred three thousand four hundred to maintain the new six pounds of tissue on top of the tissue I've already got. The same thing applies to strength. I've touched on this before, and I'll let Steve jump in as well. If I was benching 225 pounds, Steve, two plates aside on a 45-pound bar before, and I got up to 250, 260 pounds, then I would expect post-cycle not to go back to the 225. You have to give your body, both with nutrition and training, a reason to hold on to the new tissue. What a lot of people do is they go back to what they were doing before, freak out about losing all their fantastic gains and that muscle and how they looked in the mirror, and then go back to the PDs too quickly. And I've actually seen one of our fellow uh, podcasters talk about this recently. I disagree. It's manipulation of diet and training. Now, bulking, and I'll let Steve jump in on this as well, training especially, when bulking, I would focus on the big compound lifts. Steve mentions chin-ups, presses, bench presses, rows, squats. We're not talking about eight leg extensions or side lateral dumbbell raises or anything like that. The big exercises, the ones that work the most muscle to put on the biggest amount of tissue. You can always sculpt and shape and tone, whatever you want to call it, and cut specially and do the aesthetic type movements later on, on, what would you do on a bulk, Steve, in terms of nutrition and training? Yeah. So on Dean, Diana Ball, you're going to get more hungry, hence why it makes a great bulker. That's the whole point of why it was invented in the first place. That's why they came up because the, they wanted they wanted those effects. They wanted to help people who had those those issues putting on weight 
And that's why it works so well at bulking. So you want to make sure you're feeding your body good quality foods, good quality whole foods. Cut back on the shakes and the weight gainers and all this other crap. It's so tempting for you skinny guys out there. You know, you're 140 pounds, 150 pounds. You're like, Steve, I want to jump on Diana Ball. I want to bulk on it. All right, you have my blessing. But learn to eat first before you hop on it. Don't hop on it and then try to learn how to eat. So if you're sticking to protein powders and weight gainers and protein bars and fast food and all this stuff, it means you don't know how to eat yet. And that's okay. Look, and when I was in college, I was a starving college kid. Um, after work, I'd go to college. It was a cafeteria. That was where I would have to get something to eat. And it was nothing but crap food that I had to eat. I, you know what I'm saying? So I get it. Okay, I get it. I'm not, I'm not trying to put anyone down or anything. It happens. Same thing when I was in high school. We used to go out, you know, in high school. Either the high school food was crap or you, you got to leave campus for 30 minutes and go eat. And what would you go eat? Fast food. So I get it. I've been there and done that too. But now it's time to get serious. You want to bulk up good quality, high quality foods. Okay, Mobster and I, we don't go eat that garbage. Mobster and I, we make, we prep food every Sunday. Before football, I spend two, three, four hours, okay, cooking and prepping my food. I don't think it's that big a deal, all right? So I'll cook my chickens, my red meats, my rice, my vegetables. I'll cut up my fruit. I'll do all that stuff. I'll put them in containers, and I'll put them in the refrigerator. And that will be what I eat during the week. That's a great way to prep. I used, I did that back when I used to bulk back in the day, and I used the animal. So prep your food properly, good quality, high-quality foods. And that's what you need to do. So a lot to get to on this one. Check out our other podcast. Mobster, take us into the disclaimer. Guys, make sure you come on the forums. Check out the article that we're going to attach to this regards, Debo. And certainly come on the forums and ask us any more questions you have. Please note, we are not doctors and the opinions are ours. It is our view and based on our experience and views on the topic. Our podcasts are for informational purposes and entertainment only. The freedom of speech and the First Amendment applies.